What does true wellness mean to you? I'm Claudia Cometa, and that is the question I will be leading with in the Minding Wellness podcast. Each and every week, I will bring you experts who will share their personal wellness journeys and their insights into what it means to mind our wellness. Health is a state of body. Wellness is a state of being. Let's dive into improving our state of being. Welcome back, my friends, and welcome to summer. For some of you, your kids may be out of school now and home. For others, maybe it is a few weeks away, but welcome to June. I want to share a little exciting news first with regard to OXO Fitness, which is the amazing bar, that's B-A-R-R-E studio, that was physically located here in Gainesville, but is now fully online and is coast to coast. So the owner, Bryn Strange, is on her way to move to Spokane, Washington, and her partner, Amy will be here in Florida. So they will coast to coast be sharing bar classes and you can find those at oxofitness.com. That's A-U-X-O fitness.com. And now for this week's episode, I'm really excited to bring you Pete Bombacci this week. I also always love a fellow Italian. So I was excited to bring on an Italian. Pete is a visionary business and social change leader who believes that by doing the right thing, every day exceptional results are created. In 2016, Pete launched his passion project, The Gen Well Project, a human connection movement that has been in the making for over a decade, which has recently become more relevant than ever. The mission of The Gen Well Project is to make the world a happier and healthier place by reminding people of the importance of face-to-face social connection and inspiring them to take action. The Gen Well Project wants to be the reminder and the inspiration for people to take that action. And to date, thousands of people in close to two dozen countries have participated in the GenWell Project's twice annual GenWell Weekends. In this conversation with Pete, we discuss the reason why talking about loneliness is even important, how it relates to our wellness, some of the impacts on our health, and how his journey led him to this passion project and what his vision is for GenWell. So I hope you enjoy this episode with Pete. Here we go. All right. I'm so excited to be here with Pete Bambachi today. And I recently ran across his work. It's a topic that we have not covered yet on the podcast, but I'm really intrigued by it, really interested in diving deeper. And it is very timely and relevant always, but especially with the pandemic. So thank you for coming on, Pete. Hey, Claudia. Great to be here. Really love all the work you're doing and looking forward to being a part of it. Yeah, thank you so much. I really do appreciate your time. As I start off all my podcasts, I always ask, what does true wellness mean to you? So I would love to know your answer. That's a really great question. True wellness. True, true wellness to me is maybe maybe the word I'll use is, is resilience, which is that sense of I can handle anything because I know that if something comes up, that I have the tools in place that will help me overcome it. So that's, to me, the wellness is in actual fact about being prepared to handle, because we know life is going to throw us, you know, hardballs once in a while. And I think it, that that wellness and that place of comfort and peace comes when you know that I got this, I can make anything happen. 
Indeed. I love that. All right. Well, let's get your background a little bit into why connectedness is such a passion for you. So, you know, just kind of dive us into where you kind of came from and how this became an interest. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a great question. So I, uh, I guess my, from a career perspective, I spent 20 years in the beverage, alcohol and hospitality industry. So I was in beer, wine, liquor, I was in the hospitality industry and uh, you know, in hindsight now, what I, when I look back, I recognize that all I did back then was connect people, whether it was as a bartender connecting with my regulars at the bar, whether it was as a, a beer guy in sales or as a marketer, my goal was to actually get people to come together because during those moments, A, I was trying to sell a product, but what I now recognize is actually those moments were the happiest moments in people's lives. Um, I then had an opportunity to go over and lead Movember Canada, the men's health mustache charity. And for five years, I got to see what the power of an icon like a mustache could do to bring people together. And oftentimes when we would host parties to bring our Mo Bros and Mo Sistas together, what you saw was that when you brought people together with, uh, with a common purpose and a mission, that being helping those battling with prostate cancer, testicular cancer, and men's mental health, but more importantly, in the room, we had the icon of a mustache that actually made us all equal. And I think that is, those experiences made me realize that it wasn't just about raising money for prostate cancer, testicular cancer, and men's mental health, but actually maybe the more powerful tool that, that I saw there was uh, the power of, of connection. And in talking to a lot of the researchers uh, while I was at Movember and also on my own personal journey where I now reflect back and recognize that I was lonely many times in my life and feeling not isolated because I certainly was always surrounded by people, but maybe disconnected because I was focused on work or focused on other things. But I think when I talk to the researchers in my own journey and being a big fan of Maslow's hierarchy, what I recognized was, holy cow, um, we have a crisis coming and that's called a crisis of disconnection where we, you know, we had a huge issue of isolation and loneliness before the pandemic. And yet none of us have ever been educated on the information. And most of us only think about it through the lens of a crisis. When you get sick, when you're battling addiction, when you got a mental health issue, when you have a, a acute illness, you have a heart attack, you get diagnosed with cancer. Then we talk about people getting connected. And really what I wanted to do and in the launch of the Genwell project in 2016 was raising the awareness about just how important human connection is, not when you're in the crisis, but building those healthy connection habits long before you get to the crisis. So that's kind of the journey that got me to, to launching the human connection movement. Really cool. I love the background in hospitality and in sort of the alcohol industry and you realizing, because I mean, it's true, you know, we, those of us who socially drink, we're, we're doing it for the, the camaraderie and the connectedness and, um, you know, the alcohol is kind of a secondary thing in most situations. So I love that you kind of, you kind of observed that and took that into the journey that you're in and we'll dive further into sort of your mission and vision for that. Let's start out with sort of a deeper understanding and you touched on it just a little bit, but I would love your thoughts on the concept of being alone versus loneliness. They're often, you know, words that are used interchangeably, but what's sort of your insights into the differences between those? So we can just get a little bit of a background on definition and, you know, concept. 
really, really, really important conversation to have. So firstly, first off, physically being alone is being alone. But because you're alone, for some people, uh, that is actually not a problem because they, whether it's through mindfulness or uh, practices that they have, they can be alone, physically alone, and feel fully connected and loved by those that they know they will connect with at other times. They have that support network in place. And they probably have some rituals that they plan on getting connected with people physically uh, in person, obviously COVID protocols in place and, and beyond COVID. But then really what loneliness is, is a subjective feeling. And as I say, when I, when I say that in, in hindsight, I have felt lonely uh, in past, uh, to be honest with you, I'm probably uh, further on the scale of being uh, an extrovert than, than many people. And yet at times, even though I've been surrounded by friends and family and, and colleagues, uh, I felt lonely. And really what loneliness is, is a subjective difference between the number of connections that you have and the connections that you desire. So you can be surrounded by a lot of people, but if those aren't the people that give you that sense of love and belonging, then, you know, there still can be a, a disconnect is to, you know, the sense of feeling lonely, uh, even though you're surrounded by a crowd. Yeah, such an important topic and such an important distinction, because I think the interchangeable use of that word being synonymous um, can really hurt us in understanding this deeper. And I think this is a great time to segue into your thoughts on social media, because oftentimes we might feel that, you know, there's obviously going to be pros and cons to it, but we often feel that we have, okay, well, we've got 5,000 friends. So that certainly mm -hmm. must mean that we aren't lonely. And so, you know, sort of this quantity versus quality concept that you've already touched base on, but I would love to know your thoughts being in this space on social media. Well, here's an interesting, uh, interesting thing. So the Genwell Project, which we launched in 2016, long before the global pandemic, we launched it because we were living in the most fast-paced, distracted, and pressure-filled world in history. And so aside from the fact that we've been building bigger houses for smaller families, taller fences in our backyards, back decks instead of front porches, now we can get everything delivered. We have automatic garage doors so that we don't have to talk to our neighbors. We've literally woken up in a world in where we physically separate ourselves as much as we possibly could, because I believe we didn't understand how important human connection was. And so on top of that, I layer in the tech question that you just raised. And to me, um, I, what, I like to, what I like to suggest, Claudia, is you know, when I was a kid, if I had any problems, I could go to my mom and dad, and mom and dad usually had the answer because they had the experience of the past that they could actually relate to and go, hey, when I was your age, I tried this, that worked. And when I tried that, it didn't work. Well, here's the problem with technology today is mom and dad are learning at the same pace and maybe not even at the same pace that our youth are growing up. And we're all struggling with things like social media. And what the research suggests is that spending some time on social media isn't a bad thing, but it's when we passively uh, scroll through social media, watching what the world, you know, I, I refer to it as the human highlight reel of the world. You know, if you are not in the right headspace and you don't have those supportive uh, relationships around you, then you can start to maybe desire things that really uh, are not that important to our overall happiness. 
And so our message has always been, we're not an anti-technology movement. Our goal is to raise people's consciousness about what the impact of using too much uh, media, social media and technology, but maybe more importantly is educate people on the importance and the value of human connection to their health, their happiness and their longevity. Really great. And I, I love that there is well in the name and you mm. just touched on wellness and, you know, I would love to know your understanding of whether it's, you know, based in, in hard science or just your, and, or your experience with people on how the sort of epidemic of loneliness can affect us from a wellness standpoint. So what types of effects do we see on our physiology, on our mental health when loneliness becomes sort of a part of life? Well, I think the important thing to recognize is this is we, we even say we're not a mental health uh, campaign. We're a human connection movement. And the reason we say that is because uh, two things. Number one, um, we need to recognize that our social health is slightly different than our mental health. There are practices that we could all take for our mental health that won't address our social health. So if you're grateful and you do gratitude pages or morning journals or yoga and yoga within a community can certainly give you some of those social benefits but there are actions that we can take for our mental health that won't solve for that isolation and loneliness that we face. So one of the things we try to do is promote this from the perspective of, hey, social health as a proactive step that we can all take so that we don't wait till we're in a negative state, whether that's a mental health state, an illness, whatever, uh, maybe a divorce, a lost job. Don't wait till you're lonely and isolated before you try to build those healthy relationships because that's really about building uh, resilience uh, that will that will get you through. And, and if we can do that more proactively as part of spreading this message with the general population, then we truly can make people live happier and healthier lives and, and stop waiting until people are sick before we try to help them. And now I've actually forgot the second, the, the second part of the question. So uh, I'll, I'll end it on that. <laughs> well, I do love the distinction between social, social health and mental health, because I think also those often get lumped together. So yeah, the question was more, you know, what do we know from either scientific literature or just your experience oh, yeah. on, you know, how loneliness affects us from a wellness standpoint? Yeah. Hey, at the end of the day, and, and the funny thing is, is most of this research has only uh, come out in the last uh, 20 years. And uh, so whether you want to talk about uh, increased, um, uh, well, they say now that social connection is a better indicator of our health than smoking, obesity, and high blood pressure. So you and I have probably been educated on exercise in 30 minutes a day. We've been educated on eating more fruit and vegetables, but the reality is we need to educate people about the importance of human connection on the proactive side. The things I like to talk about are the single largest indicator of happiness in our lives. That's out of the, the Harvard study uh, led by Dr. Robert Waldinger uh, reduces anxiety and depression. A new study in the last six months out of uh, again, Boston, Massachusetts general single greatest preventative action we can all take to avoid, Avoid depression is spending time with other people. You know, we've been told to go for walks, nature, eating well, sleep, water. Those are all important. We still need to maintain that balance of tools in our toolbox, but let's make sure that we're putting social connection in there as well. 
increases uh, self-confidence, strengthens your immune system, uh, increases empathy, compassion, resilience. I think we could use a little more of that in the world right now, especially as we go through these challenging times. And the final one for me, which I just think is, 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 is truly something we need to put into hands of every individual in, in, around the world, is it increases your chances of living longer by up to 50%. It is crazy to me, Claudia, that we have not been educating people on this uh, for decades, but the reality is most of this information is fairly new. You know, uh, the, you know, Julianne Holt Lundstad out of BYU, she's the one who coined the frame that coined the phrase that the negative implication of social isolation and loneliness is equivalent to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. And I, I saw that in the news a little bit, but I still haven't seen people embrace it. I still haven't seen the school system start educating our youth about how important those relationships are and not just family, but family, friends, neighbors, colleagues, classmates, even talking to strangers can have a lot of benefits to your health. And so I believe, and this is what the mission of the general project is, is to educate the general population to say, Hey, the next time you see somebody coming down the street, don't put your head down into your phone pick up your head, say hello to them. That conversation right there might change your day, might change their day, might change their week, their month, maybe even change their life. And in a world where we feel more disconnected than ever before, and I'm not talking pandemic, I'm talking pre-pandemic, it is time right now for us all to recognize we are in this together and that the best medicine for people is actually people. Yeah, such significant statistics. And it's like, yeah, why is this not? We, we talk about all types of different ways to improve our wellness and health. And this is definitely not one that's on the forefront. And it's interesting. I think about how the tides have turned and we had, you know, meetup groups before where the intention was to, you know, join a group and then actually physically meet up. And, you know, of course, even pre-pandemic, then we start with social media and it's like, there's all these virtual groups. And although that can maybe serve its purpose for a very temporary transient time period, it's not necessarily going to, going to serve the purpose of helping with the impacts of true loneliness. So it really has been a shift and it happens so, you know, gradually, but significantly that it, it's like, you even forget, you, you know, we, I, you even forget that as kids, we were always, you know, with our neighbors and playing basketball and, you know, and it's just, that's not a thing now. And it's really, it's really quite amazing as you see how much it's changed. I would love to, oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so I was going to say, so two weeks ago, maybe it's three weeks ago now, there's a new, new study out of the US that says that 50% of Americans are already feeling anxious about getting back to those face-to-face -face interactions. If it takes 66 days for us to build a, a bad habit, as well as a good habit, how many bad habits have we created that are going to prevent us from getting back out there and connecting with other people. And, and again, this is why the movement is so critically important right now. We need to make sure that people not only think about themselves and saying, hey, I need to get up off the couch today. And rather than watching the next episode of my favorite show on Netflix, I need to get out the door and actually go talk to somebody when it's safe to do so. But maybe even more importantly is recognizing, hey, I haven't seen Claudia out on the street yet. And so maybe Claudia is struggling. Maybe Claudia isn't feeling as confident as I am to get out the door. Or maybe it's my grandmother. Maybe it's the elderly person up the street. Maybe it's the young person who's been homeschooling for nine months who really has lost that confidence that they need to get out there. 
And I think the reality is we all need to be looking out for each other right now as we come out of this pandemic and say, hey, you know, if there's somebody else in your network and a network community, however you want to describe it, because uh, it's much more than the geography is what can we do to help each other and get us all back out and getting connected face to face, because that truly will make the world a happier and healthier place. I love it. And I, so I would love to hear about this project. And I know you guys say project and I actually prefer project. <laughs> I kind of want to get into the habit of saying that because I think it actually sounds better. But um, I would love to know how Genwell, what what does it logistically look like? You mentioned a little bit about the vision and you've mentioned some, you know, just amazing stories and tangible ways in which people can get involved. But what what does it exactly entail? What are some of the logistics of it? Yeah, it's a, it's a funny question. I jokingly say we do nothing. And I, <laughs> what I mean by that is, you know, there's three things that we say we do. We educate we empower and we catalyze. And, and, and most of it's really about encouraging other people to take action because what the research shows is me bringing 10,000 people to a concert at a park in your community or my community uh, isn't going to result in building the stronger relation. You know, on occasion, you may run into a friend at that big concert. Maybe you, maybe you reconnect at a later date, but the reality is we want to help people get connected with the people that they're either physically or emotionally connected to physically was your colleagues or classmates or your next door neighbors. And emotionally it's your family and friends. Most of us have a long list of people that we've been meaning to connect with. We just haven't made it happen. And what we want to be is the catalyst. So when we started back in 2016, we were really uh, about being that catalyst. It was in, originally inspired, the whole movement is inspired by, there was a blackout on the Eastern seaboard back in 2003. And on the night of the blackout, once everybody knew that there wasn't some, you know, uh, attack or some uh, terrible incident that had caused it, it was just some uh, generators going down. The reality is we came together as human beings because I couldn't talk to my friend on the other side of the country or the other side of the world. So what did I have to do? I had to talk to my friends, my neighbors, my family, and people gathered. And it was that night that kind of woke me up to kind of say, holy cow, maybe that's actually what we need more of is just catalysts that remind us all about the importance of human connection. And so that led to launching the movement in 2016. And we had two weekends that we had identified, one in the spring and one in the fall. And the science suggests that seasonal transition is when people need each other the most. That's when we struggle. And in Canada, and I'm assuming it's the same in the United States, that suicide rates are highest in the springtime. Most of us think it's the darker, colder days of the winter, but it's actually the social pressures, as well as a couple other things that impact that are our challenges in the springtime as we head from the darker, colder days. And we start to come back as the world opens up again and we get back out to patios and sunshine and to seeing each other. And even more so with social media and technology, the pressures on people in the springtime become very challenging. And so what we wanted to be is a catalyst. We did the first weekend in May and we did the third week in September. After everybody comes back off of their summer vacation, we all need to get reconnected back in our community. If you're at a university, it's getting reconnected with your new colleagues and roommates and different things. And if you're still in your home, it was about giving people a reason to connect in their own community and reconnect with those people that were going to see them through the darker, colder days of the winter. So we really initially wanted to be the catalyst. And what's happened over the course of five years is the consumer, our, our followers, our community has basically said, I need this 12 months of the year. I need a tip. 
I need a tool. How do I connect with my neighbor? What's that first step I should take? How do I call up an old friend? Hey, strangers, how, how important are connecting with strangers? And so what we do through our social platforms, and we're just about to relaunch our, our website in the middle of June, uh, we took a, a bit of a pause to, to put some oxygen on in our own uh, masks. Um, but we want to help people through tips, tools, and ideas to educate them. We give them suggestions on how they could get started, whether it's with an old friend, talking to strangers, maybe talking to a neighbor or bringing your colleagues together. And if we can give people not only the education and we can empower them to take action in their own lives, because we don't want you to wait for our next GenWell weekend. I want you to start building those healthy connection habits starting today, because it is as simple as knocking on a neighbor's door and saying, hi, how you doing? It's as simple as lifting your head out of the phone and saying hello to a stranger that makes you feel better and them feel, feel better. But as I said right off the bat, I don't think most of us even understand just how important human connection is. So if we can start by educating the broader population about how important human connection is for our health, our happiness, our longevity, our success, you know, business is built on relationships, then I believe we can create that better world that I think we all uh, desire and also maybe heal and close some of the gaps and, and build some bridges to communities that we may not have had to, uh, there before because we had the opportunity to connect to better understand each other and actually say, hey, maybe we could do this to help that person or that community. Maybe we could come together. But that only happens by having a conversation where you can build that better understanding of how we're all getting through this world together. I love it. And I love that you kind of started out by saying I, we do nothing, um, but then there's, there's so much, <laughs> but there's so, and it's so important. It's such important work. And it, it makes me think, well, first of all, of the parallels between a blackout and a pandemic, even though they're widely different things, but the, you know, consequences of, of not connecting, you know, even though in the pandemic, we certainly still have social media and we have phones, but, but still, you know, there's similarities in the impact of, of the loneliness that can result from, from that and being alone, but also loneliness. And um, it also makes me think of how in our generation, we are largely um, finding ourselves wanting to revert back to a lot of the things that maybe our grandparents' generation, um, some of the value systems they had. And I love that Jen is in the name and it just kind of reminds me of the differences, it's extreme differences in generations. And I think to my grandmother's generation where, I mean, if she's not talking to somebody or visiting with somebody in her day, it doesn't seem right to her. And in our day, that is not necessarily abnormal. And then I, I think about the generations that are coming and even my son's generation where, you know, it's not necessarily the norm to physically be around friends. You know, they're on video games together. And, and while they do things together, maybe some sports here and there, it's definitely not the, you know, go visit your neighbor, um, you know, before dinner kind of a situation. So I, I love that these types of ventures are happening because I think the, you know, our generation and moving forward need this sort of reframe and reprioritization of, of connectedness. And so what, how would somebody get involved or get some of these tips and, you know, what, where would they go for this? So they can head over to our uh, social media channels. So we're on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, Genwell Project should get you there in, in all of those cases. And our website is uh, genwellproject.org, uh, where, as I say, we'll have lots of information for people to 
uh, identify, you know, how social isolation and loneliness, or more importantly, the benefit of human connection will relate to them. And what we're trying to do with our new website as we relaunch it is allow people to identify themselves in, you know, almost in any, uh, any way, whether it's a marginalized community by age, by, uh, by cultural background. And we want to be able to support them with the research that's available that will help them better understand how important human connection is so that everybody can be more proactive in taking these steps to stay socially connected. I love it. I love the work that you're doing. I'm so appreciative of the, you know, the, true genuine desire that came from a background of hospitality and you know being in the out you I mean it's not it's not one that you would see but when you look back I love how when we look back it's like oh yeah all of those things tied together and connected to lead me to this and I think it's just so cool to to be able to look back and and see how our lives are shaped by some of our experiences so I really appreciate the work that you do what is um as we wrap up, what are some of your hopes and visions for Genwell and, um, you know, kind of what the future looks like? Well, I think the hope and vision, uh, as we refer to ourselves as the global human connection movement, we currently sit on a global panel with uh, Germany, England, the US, Australia, uh, and Japan is just about to join us as they're adding a loneliness minister uh, in Japan. And that global working group really is for me, the hope that uh, we as a global society will recognize, you know, not that we need to put government and not-for-profits in place to address the issue of isolation and loneliness and its, its negative impact on our mental and physical health, but that we as a society uh, recognize the role that each one of us can play in supporting each other, whether that's our own family, our neighbors, our friends, our colleagues, we all play a role in solving the growing issue. And I, and I, I hate to put it in these terms, Claudia, but I think there's a freight train coming down the track as a result of 15 uh, months of uh, being disconnected from one another. We call solitary confinement the worst punishment that we could give somebody. And most of us have been feeling that sense for 15 months. There is going to be an aftermath to the global uh, pandemic, and we all need to recognize that we need to step up and we need to recognize that we can all play a role in making everybody around us happier and healthier by being more inclusive, by being more inviting, to be more open to a conversation on a street with a stranger. And so my global hope is that we all get connected, we all recognize the value, and we start taking more proactive steps to stay, stay healthy and connected with the people around us. I love it. And I love the international global approach and conversations. And yeah, I think this is definitely a time where that intentionality and prioritization comes even more into play because it, it is so easy. And it definitely was pre-pandemic to just go about our day and, you know, check out with the cashier and barely even look up and have any eye contact. And, and I think that, you know, the intentionality behind it is so much more important now that we've seen the impact of not, not even being able to interact with the cashier so, um, or anybody, you know, along your path, even walking down the street. So thank you so much, Pete. I really appreciate this conversation. I love the work that you're doing. I will make sure to link all of the social media channels in the show notes so people can engage and connect and learn all of the tips that you share. And I, I appreciate all the work that you do. Thank you, Claudia. Thanks for sharing the message. And hopefully together we can make the world a happier and healthier place. One face-to-face -face conversation at a time. 
A huge thank you to Pete coming all the way from Toronto, even though it was virtual, but I really appreciate his time and his insights and the important work he does. As you all know, I'm super big on following my heart and intuition. And as we move into the next season of this podcast, I'm actually going to start doing a few solo episodes. So I'm going to take a short break from interviewing guests and share some topics around wellness that are on my heart and mind uh, with you. So I'm hopeful that you will find those valuable. I look forward to hearing your feedback. Again, you can always send me a quick audio message through SpeakPipe. It's speakpipe.com slash minding wellness. Super easy. And I would love to hear your voice and hear your insights and feedback. And of course, if you've enjoyed this podcast in any way, I would love your honest review on iTunes. It really does help this podcast grow. And I would love for more people to hear these amazing guests who have come on. So thank you so much again for continuing to stick with me as we mind our wellness. I'll see you here again next week.